It's about coming back to your philosophy that your past does not need to define you. What you make of it comes down to what you do tomorrow. I believe in you. Proudly supported by RAH McDonald's. Hello and welcome to I Believe in You, the podcast about setting your goals and achieving your dreams. I'm your host, Lizelle Hartley, a business and personal mentor. And this season, we will be meeting seven incredible women who have turned their passion into their career. Our first guest this season is Fran Hughes, a wealth advisor who has broadened her role over the past 30 years to help empower women and business owners to look after their financial well-being. With such a fascinating and broad career, we better let Fran explain it herself. So my official title is Head of Financial Solutions of Nexia Perth. Nexia Perth is the eighth largest accounting global network. That's at the core of it. So I'm a financial advisor to professionals, executives, small business owners. But at the heart of it, I am a mother, um, I'm a wife, and also I love empowering women in the space of financial success. Because at the end of the day, it's all about your life and living the life that you want. To add to that, like many of uh, I'm sure of your listeners, we wear many, many hats. And my other pet projects and passions include a TEDx coach, also includes the Financial Planning Association chapter chair, I'm a keynote speaker, and in two years in a row, I was listed as Australia's top 50 most influential financial advisor. That is is uh, that's why I asked you to say that because that is a whole big clipboard and a whole full <laughs> of achievements. First of all, I want to say well done because when somebody sits in front of you and they tell you all these titles behind their name, I know that that doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you to standing out as a woman and show us that we can achieve these titles behind our name Um, and in that busy world of everything you make time to come and share with me as well as our listeners Mm -hmm. and give us a little bit of the empowerment coming your side Mm -hmm. so what intrigued me is the TED talk have you done TED talks yourself well I see myself very much as and I put it in, in a kind of a quote that I love being the power behind the success. And so what that looks like is I stand very strongly as a coach, as a mentor, as someone who empowers someone else to have a strong voice. I believe that every woman has a story to share that is worthwhile and powerful. So as a result, I am actually a TEDx coach. I haven't actually done any TEDx um, presentations or or, um, keynotes just yet, but I'm also a keynote speaker. Okay, so what you just shared with us is empowering by itself because we're in a world where everybody is climbing the ladder to try to be at the top first. Mm -hmm. And here you come and you say, I like to be the one second, Mm -hmm. the one that helped you climb the ladder. So just that by itself is empowering. So how did you create that passion? Mm -hmm. Even if you achieve it yourself, where does it come in with the passion that you want to 
help others around you. Oh, Lizelle, you know, I was so inspired by your story and I, we have a really beautiful connection in that, um, you know, we come from humble beginnings. So I, I hear your story around how you came from living in a tent way back when, when you were young, and really giving yourself that ability to believe in yourself to come to Australia and build this life for you, your husband, and your girls. Well, I'm a wife to, would you believe, a military man. So can imagine this. I'm a businesswoman, but I'm also married to someone who's serving in the SES. September 11 changed our lives ever so slightly in that my two girls at that point in time were aged two and three. I had a business that I was building up and I had this going on in, in, uh, in Afghanistan where the troops were called then to Iraq and Afghanistan. My husband, being a military man, was also called out to, to fight the war for 9-11. Now, two to three years into it, we had had a very, very um, heart-to-heart conversation because in my world, my husband was more important to me and in our world, which is the two girls, then we're losing them him in the in the long term. Mm. So imagine this. I'm asking a you know uh, alpha male SAS man to be a full-time husband for the, our two girls. But to his credit, he did. And so for the next five years, I continued to build up my business. And here he was, you know, taking the girls to school, uh, making their lunches and, you know, putting their hair up in little ponytails. (laughs) (laughs) So, Fran, hearing that, um, I also got two girls and my girls would have loved it if that, <laughs> their daddy was the one doing their hair and taking them to school yeah. because he's they probably more a little bit more lean with the girls and have more fun on the way to school where we as a mother want to get him to school because that's the duty to do. So well done on your husband and also to decided to step down because that was the support that helped you grow and that's why you can make others around you grow oh absolutely you know if there was anything that your listeners would take away from it's the people that you surround yourself now by having the right people that support you want to cheer you on want to absolutely see the success that mm. you know you innately could have um, that really does add to the ingredients that you need to be successful. Now, if I think back to way back when, it wasn't always the case, by the way, Lizelle. And, you know, somewhere along the line, my biggest challenge is to believe in myself, to have that confidence that I can go out there in the world. So imagine if, if I said to my husband who was who was earning a full-time income, yes. no, no, you've got to step down, uh, step down to, to your point or step uh, sideways and adopt a different uh, occupation so that I can build a business. For every business owner out there, just having that confidence to believe in yourself, because you're either going to make it or break it, yes. right? And, and so I, I never, I didn't actually have that confidence back in the day. But if I could share with you what really changed my life was when I was the age of 14, you see, like you, uh, I'm a daughter of, um, uh, well, for, to, I'm a migrant, to essentially, and I'm a daughter of migrant parents, the youngest of six. And we moved over here when I was 12 years of age. 
Now, you can imagine trying to feed six hungry mouths yeah. you know, on a migrant wage, trying to build a, a life. My parents, um, so imagine, imagine all the hardworking parents out there Time set by 10, that's kind of my parents. They, they tried to work as hard as they yes. possibly can, but they didn't actually have the, the financial know-how. They mm. didn't have the business acumen, but they had heart. Yes. And, and so for, for them, they got to a point where two years into it from moving to Australia, they were la- down to their last dollar. Mm. And so I was the age of 14. What could I do? It was at that point, Lizelle, you find strength within yourself. And so I kind of mapped it all out where I said, okay, well, I was going to private school at, at that point in time. And mum and dad were so beautiful in, in, in because I was the youngest to be able, I was the only one who went to private school. I had the sense of obligation as, as well to be able to make sure that, you know, all their hard work will come to fruition and I had to succeed. So I worked out what do I need to do to continue my schooling in high school because mum and dad could no longer afford the, the fees. Mm. So what I did was set up a spreadsheet. Everyone's familiar with the spreadsheet, right? <laughs> it's numbers. It's amazing how we, I, I, you know, people can see pictures in numbers. And I know it sounds like a, a bit geeky, but that's kind of where I was. And I thought, well, you know what, if I spread everything out, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work out how much I need to get myself through to school. How much do I then need to work it back to work and how many hours do I need to work per week in order to afford it? What I didn't know was what I was building out is what we now know as a financial plan. And that really kind of was the the keystone to what I do today, who I am today in the power of finances and owning it and getting you through. I'm glad to say, yes, I did get through high school. I did fund my, my private schooling fees. And mum and dad, who are, you know, 89 and 82, are doing so well. I even got to buy them the house that they currently live in. So that is an amazing story. But it actually showed that financial planning was in you, even at the age of 14, when you didn't even know that I'm doing a spreadsheet, a financial spreadsheet here, but you just know I need to make so much, this is what's going to cost, and that's how we're going to um, be able to afford it. So well done on that. That's a re- that's, that story by itself is so empowering for me and everybody listening today. So take us a little bit on your business journey. So at the age of 14 you I presume you had a casual job where did you start your first job from oh I'm sure we, we, we all can relate to this you're either a uh, fast food uh, <laughs> um, shop assistant or for me a checkout chick oh, so right. I was that checkout chick at Coles and I gotta say you know it it, I loved it because yeah. everything about it it kind of just started to shape you as a person um, and so f- from then on, at the age of 18, then I started my full-time job in, in finance while studying at university. You know, it also then, it, it's amazing how, Lizelle, when we don't realise what we're doing at that point in time until we look back. Yes. I don't know how I did it, but yes, I held down a full-time job. Uh, I studied at university and then also built out a whole heap of other things that were, that were going on. But I guess to that point, it's about coming back to your philosophy, someone believing in you. When I was at the age of 18, I was the, the youngest account executive at this particular firm that I was in. 
But I was surrounded by five, ama- I called them my, my brothers. They were amazing men who kind of took me under their wing. They called me their little sister. But they continued to kind of just give me projects that I could excel in. And that really sort of also then gave me another stepping stone to give me that internal confidence to say, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. And so then it led on to building up my own business. And for um, for 15 years, I built out a business from nothing to, to where it was when I sold it in 2016. It was an award-winning financial planning business of which I'm absolutely proud of because it allowed us to, then to to absolutely empower others to build their own financial success stories. Well done. That's absolutely amazing. So those guys that took you under their wings and kind of make you their little sister, those days there was no titles for that, but that were kind of your business mentors. Yeah. Because you knew every question you had, you mm-hmm. could go to them. Mm-hmm. And you know that alongside you, they were there. And they were in, they will encourage you, but they were also there to help you as a mentor through life. Is there any other mentors that was on your journey that has empowered you or encouraged you? You know, I also look back and I realise I wish I had more mentors. And the one that I would have loved to have had, and I truly believe that this is why we do what we do, Lizelle, is that we can't be what we can't see. So back in the day, there weren't a lot of females who, one, were business owners, two, leading the pack in in a very male-dominated industry, and three, also having that confidence to say, actually, my my career is not going to stop at just administration. It's going to go beyond, beyond, beyond. And, And so today... I mentor not only in the Rare Birds um, uh, company, which is a mentoring uh, firm, but also there is uh, My Road mentoring program. And so a whole list of other mentoring opportunities that I feel that I can give back because statistics show that, you know, the way we look at the world is pretty much framed within the first seven years by the people around us. And then from seven to age uh, 14 is by our peers. And if we can't see what we can be, how could we possibly know what's absolutely possible within us? Yes, so literally, mentors have always been in our life. They have just not been given the word mentor. And you say it so beautifully, at different stages of our life, we had different people that fill that gap in of a mentor. Absolutely. And I... Probably, uh, you know, I, I look back and the gift my, my dad did give me was the opportunity to think big. And so what he said to me at the point in time where he knew he could no longer afford the private schooling fees was that your past friend does not need to define you. I've set this up as much and as far as I can go. Your future is now totally up to you. What you make of it comes down to what you do tomorrow yeah (laughs) isn't that just so beautiful and sometimes we go and look for a mentor at the other side of the world or we go and we think I haven't found the right mentor but sometimes the mentor is just around us Mm -hmm. we just need to stop and listen sometimes and we just literally need to stop and take in who can fill which gap of mentoring 
in our life yeah. on those stages. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the other, if there was one key takeout, I guess, that I learned around mentorship is that if you, if you find or look for anyone that you admire, list down the five key strengths or elements about that person that you totally admire. Now, compare it to your strengths. Chances are it's almost quite, it's quite similar. Now, here's the key. Because we always put our mentors up on a pedestal, we feel that we can't achieve it. But the minute we start thinking about our mentors as our peers, it's the minute we break through and we say, we can do this as well. Yes, and I always got that. Even yesterday, I sit with a client and I look on the book that I'm writing in and it say, you've, you've got this. And I said to her, oh, this book is wrong. And I scratch it out and I said, we got this. Mm. So I just want you to let know there was a mistake print on this book. It's just a book I bought off the shelf from a shop. But I just thought, they name it wrong. It's not you got this, it's we got this. And that is something I'm very passionate about to let my clients that I mentor know that you don't do this journey alone. We do it. And mm-hmm. I'm not on a pedestal up there for you to hope you get there one day. I'm on your journey with you. Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty of mentors that's around you and with you on your journey. So, Fran, I'm sure there was a few, you mentioned a few challenges, but in the business world, I'm sure in today being a woman out there, have a successful business, there's still challenges coming. Can you share some of those challenges with us? Yeah, look, so some of the challenges that I face, uh, and once again, it, it's my my story, but I'm sure it's not unique to, to me. Mm. When you have people around you who don't believe in you, we have people around you who want to stifle your success, we have people around you who, who don't necessarily advocate or uh, excel in, in this particular space. That's the challenge that we face, I guess, as women time and time again. Now, the research shows that at, the, at this very moment, women make up 34% of business owners. Thinking back to when we first started Lizelle, those, the numbers were much, much less. And it was more like 21% or even down to 15% back in the day that were women who are business owners. Now, if I look at my particular profession, when I first started, it was as low as 12% of women who were either financial advisors or owned their own business as a financial planning firm. I'm glad to say that today it looks more like 30%, which is very, very encouraging. Because you know what women also bring to this space, in particular when we talk about finance, when we think about it, you know, men apparently dominate the numbers game, the wealth game, the finance game. It's not that. It's just that women have a different perception on what wealth can do for you. So women are always thinking about, in my experience, when I, when I do advise uh, females and, and women in this space, is that they think about what can money do for me and my community? You know, there is a saying, if you, uh, if you give someone a, a fish, you, you only feed one person, but if you give them a fishing rod, you feed a community. And that's what men, women do time and time again. They're looking at what do I do with this particular journey that I'm on? How do I bring others along, along the way with me? And how do I then 
empower others to, to be able to be financially independent. Because women are only looking for really key, th- three key things. Financial security, so that's a regular income coming in. The ability to do what they want to do, in, in, when they want to do. And how do they also gift to their loved ones, whether it is their, their family, their kids or the community. And that's what the, the power of finance can do for a female. And women financial planners also understand that. I, I love that and I love the fact that there's much more business women out there, much more women that step out. And what is interesting, it happened a lot, 45 plus is where you not necessarily expect it. But this is where we think life's getting to an end. But I think the new movement is women that going towards their 50s is ready for something new. They're ready for the next half of their life. And they just, it's kind of, you step into a space with less fear. Yes. Because you live life, you've done what you want to do. And if it's not perfect or 100% or if it fails, it's okay. When you're younger, you're probably more specific. It can't fail. It has to be like that. And that's where there are more of this older women stepping into that space, which I absolutely command and I think it's fantastic. So just to bring you back to your biggest challenge in your business right now, Mm -hmm. what will you pinpoint that on? The, the biggest challenge at the moment, we've, we face lots of different challenges in, in the particular profession that we're in. You know, markets can go up, uh, share markets, that is, can go up and go, go down. What the flow and effect of that is, it might have a, a short-term effect on um, uh, someone who's relying on their retirement and nest egg for a pension income. So they're just little things that, that we might find as far as challenge. I'm sure like many other business owners, what we also find is finding the right talent to join the team because culture is so important in building out a successful business and at this moment where the talent pool is so small and it's just limited of course with borders and everything else I'm sure business owners there would totally understand the challenge for us is finding the right people on our journey on our on our quest to be able to, you know, empower as, uh, you know, thousands of people, working Australians in that space to, so that they can write their own financial story. So that, that's definitely a challenge for a lot of businesses out there. Do you guys have a certain criteria that if you fall in that criteria, you can go to the next step to be interviewed? Is there, <laughs> is there I know when I had this chat with um, Tamara, she said, they must, they must be fun. If they're not fun, we can't accept them in the group because our whole organizing events is about fun. Is there somebody that is there something for you? Do they at least need to understand numbers? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, Lizelle, I love what you just said before. In that, when we're we're in our twenties, we're too scared. I guess if I was to put it into context, when we're in our twenties, we're looking for permission. Permission to do something, permission to ask for something, permission to, um, you know, progress our career. And when we're in our 50s, we don't, we no longer have that fear because we're not looking for permission. We have that innate self-confidence. So what I'm looking for is someone who, who would have, number one, have fun, but n- not necessarily need permission. Respect is, is something different. But also have that drive and that mission and to want to be on the same quest that we are on. 
Okay, so drivenness. You need to tick the driven, the drive <laughs> box, and then you can go to the next step. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And fun. Yeah, I mean, life's too short to, to want to have to, you know, um, do the grind, as they say. But having fun along the way is an absolute must. So part of this podcast is empowering that's actually the main thing for this series and i'm all about empowering so how do you empower your staff members what what do you do to make sure that you empower everyone of the staff members around you yeah that, that was an interesting question because, you know, as, as business owners, sometimes we have to reflect and think about how do we empower others? I would say this, and just this morning we had our team meeting, and by the way, we've got, so Nexia Perth has uh, 95 staff members uh, and another uh, 50 in India as well. So this morning we were having the conversation of if we put the, the power of when you want to work where you want to work, what days you want to work, back into our staff's hands for the next three weeks, just as a a trial, what would that look like? And I guess to your point, what we do uh, as far as empowering others is to, to get their input, but also include them into the growth story. The growth story of their own personal self, the growth story of Nexia Perth, the firm, the growth story of their client's journey. Because ultimately, what we're here on earth to do is make a difference to the people around us and empowering others to also have that ownership of what their future looks like gives us absolute pleasure. And Fran, if you say to your worker, you can decide it, your hours and place you want to work, that is a ripple effect because they will go home to their people around them and let them, their children and their wife and the people around them do the same. Mm-hmm. So you, as the boss of the company don't always realize that that little bit of giving somebody a voice within your company isn't doesn't just stop at that worker it literally go out that you think okay I can go home and I can give my family also a choice instead of me just saying this is the rules this so there's always a ripple effect and that goes down to the next and the next that's why empowerment is so beautiful because sometimes we never get I actually want to say most of the times we never get feedback on empowering, but it do have that ripple effect. It do flows over. And we know how many times somebody says something that means so much to us, but we never go back and say to that person, you really empower me. So that's why for you to be in a company with 145 workers, you got a platform where you can empower these people every day, which is amazing. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was it would really sorry shed uh, scared the bejesus out of us. You imagine it, right? As business owners, you want control, but you know what? At the end of the day, our, our most valuable assets are our staff and our clients and the people around us. So why not bring them along the journey and get their input as to how they want to work? So as I said in the beginning, I've got a page and a half of <laughs> lines behind your name. <laughs> What and where do you see yourself in 10 years from today? 
Oh, that's a really tough question, isn't it, Lizelle? You know, as a planner, I'm always planning ahead. Yeah. But when it, when the light is shining on me, I'm thinking, wow, goodness me, where do I want to be in 10 years' time? In 10 years' time, I will be over 60. In 10 years' time, my two daughters will be in their 30s. In 10 years' time, I hope that I've made a difference and an impact on this world to have empowered other women to step into the space of being a business owner. You know, my, my mission and my quest is to empower over 2,000 uh, women and also men in, who are professionals and executives to just own it and have such a strong voice because their stories matter because we cannot be what we can't see. So in 10 years' time, I'm bringing this podcast to you and I'm going to see where are you <laughs> in 10 years' time. So that's always great to actually stop and think of that and put that down because without you knowing, you creating your roadmap. Mm -hmm. Where are you moving to mm -hmm. in 10 years' time? And that was a beautiful end of your roadmap to move towards not that I say in 10 years time it's going to be the end mm -hmm. but that is just the journey that's absolutely incredible Fran if you can give us today your favorite phrase what will that be ah your past does not necessarily need to define you your present is now your future hasn't been written yet take the next step to believe in yourself and write your own success story. If you'd like to learn more about Fran, you can find the details in the episode description. Next time, we head into the world of medical research, where our next guest has been helping to improve gut health. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I believe in you. Thank you for listening to the I Believe in You podcast. If you're interested in being coached by Lizelle, we have a number of solutions available for you, no matter where you are in the world. You can find all the details for these and how to get in touch in this episode's description. This podcast is proudly sponsored by RAH McDonald's. It's more than Maccas, it's developing personal excellence for life. I Believe in You is produced by Bad Bard Productions.